Ladies and gentlemen, we're starting to turn the corner now, and I want to thank all of you for following along with this little project. We are now on the fourth of a five-episode arc where I'm outlining something I call the five marketing pillars. So we began by talking about identity and audience, literally understanding what's our product and who is it for. Then in the last episode, we talked all about the importance of identifying our competition. Competition, uh, we agreed, is a good thing, primarily because it puts us in a category which helps us communicate who we are and what we sell to our prospective customers. More than that, though, it helps them talk about us, which is, of course, crucial. Then in this episode, we're going to talk all about differentiation, but we're going to take all the stuffiness out of it. Today, I want you to just answer this one simple question. What are the stories only you can tell? There's an old saying that goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who can see when shown, and those who will never see. This is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast for everyone in the middle. Thanks again for tuning in. My name is Chip Close, and this is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast dedicated entirely to chefs, restaurant owners, and marketing professionals out there working in the hospitality industry. Each episode, I choose a different topic. We explore that topic. We pick it apart. Hopefully, we come across some uh, some useful insights, and then we finish up with an assignment. Right? I, I leave you with a short actionable task you can do right away uh, so you can start implementing some of the ideas and concepts we talk about here on the show because I believe information is only as valuable as the action it inspires. If you like the podcast, please go ahead and subscribe. If you feel so inclined, go ahead and leave us a review. Uh, A good review just means that that our visibility goes up. It just helps other uh, individuals who are looking for this kind of content. It helps them find us. The more five-star ratings we get, the the, the more people we can reach, and eventually uh, that can help us broaden this discussion. As a refresher, we are building a foundation for all of the marketing work we're going to do moving forward. Uh, And that means starting with something that I call the five marketing pillars. Uh, These five pillars are identity, audience, competition, differentiation, and opportunities. This is a version of an exercise that I do every time I bring on a private client. Um, I found it very, very helpful in just being able to articulate some information about the business. So hopefully you've been following along, listening to the earlier episodes, and by now you know your product. Hopefully by now you know your audience. Uh, As of last week, hopefully you've uh, started identifying some of your competitors. And now in this episode, we're going to talk about the different ways uh, you can start separating yourself from the competition. That's because today is the fourth pillar, which is differentiation. So there are two marketing terms uh, perhaps you might have heard of before. Uh, They are unique selling proposition or unique positioning. So they're similar terms basically talking about a similar thing. They, they get used interchangeably all the time. Uh, and what they're trying to get to uh, is, is that, that question of how we separate ourselves from the competition. So last week, we spent a lot of time uh, trying to identify which categories we may be in, right? And differentiation is about finding ways to separate ourselves from the other businesses in a given category. 
Right. So the simple way of approaching this is uh, is that we're a pizza place in Albany, New York. But unlike the other pizza places in town, we're offering traditional Neapolitan style pizza. Maybe the other places in town don't do that. This is one way to separate ourselves. Or, or maybe we're a sushi restaurant in Prospect Heights, Brooklyn. Uh, but we're the only sushi place that people have to walk past when they're going from the 7th Avenue subway stop uh, to the neighborhood just east of Vanderbilt. This is, again, another way of separating ourselves from the other sushi restaurants in Brooklyn or in Prospect Heights. So hopefully you're starting to see the basics of how we do it. But uh, but I'm going to hit pause for a second because the two examples I gave are, are the easy way to start differentiating ourselves. But it's not going to necessarily provide us with the most compelling answers. In order to find those, I, I think we got to dig deep. So this might seem a little strange, but I want you to tell me a story. And not just any story, I want to know your story, your unique story. In fact, the thing I ask my clients all the time, the thing I asked at the very top of this episode, and the thing I'm going to ask you now is, what are the stories only you can tell? Storytelling is the foundation and has been the foundation for all human connections since the beginning of time. And and because of that, it's also one of the most powerful marketing tools available to us. Um, I I think it's it's really the only one that, that matters. All successful marketing, I believe, begins with a good story. In order to succeed in a noisy marketplace, you have to differentiate yourself. And that means creating separation between you and your competition. In order to do that, we have to uncover uh, the things that make your business unique. So when I work with a new consulting client, I'll often have them write me a two or three page biography. Part of it is uh, is certainly to help bring me up to speed, uh, but it's also to start uh, understanding who they are as owners and what they bring to the table, um, to start to start understanding what makes their business remarkable. So I'm going to I'm going to pause here and use myself as an example, uh, because I think by uh, describing myself and in my market, it might give you a sense of the kind of thing um, that I'm looking for from you. So uh, I moved to New York City back in 2003, and uh, in the time since I've, since I've moved to the city, uh, I've really balanced two parallel careers, one in the arts and one in hospitality, um, because I moved here to the city to pursue a career in the theater. Uh, I started off as an actor, uh, and then uh, when I realized that wasn't for me, I started um, directing and producing, and then eventually that led me to writing. So working in restaurants um, was a means to an end. That was my day job. I started off waiting tables and then eventually um, got into management and and marketing and and a lot of other things. But through that whole time, um, I've run, uh, I've operated two parallel careers. So the story of my business, Chip Close Creative, um, is about that unique perspective um, that I that I bring to the table. So when I was working in restaurants, I did just about everything you can do, and and I made a little niche for myself uh, by helping to open restaurants uh, because I was a maitre d. I used to I used to work the front door of restaurants, and so I knew all the critics, I knew all the food writers, I knew all the society people, and I could help navigate the restaurant through that very tumultuous, very stressful. Uh, opening period. It was just something I was good at. And so my name got passed from restaurant to restaurant to restaurant. Um, through that and through doing all these restaurant openings, I started learning a lot about marketing. Um, it was around this time that social media started to, to take off. And I realized that my creative skill set, the one that was over here, um, was becoming quite valuable. So 
I started working with restaurants just one at a time um, to, to help them fortify their online presence. At first, it was just as a social media manager and a, and a food photographer. Uh, photography had always been um, been a hobby of mine, and I never wanted to make it a career. But then suddenly, uh, I saw a, an interesting way that I could incorporate it uh, into my life and start building my career that way. So I was taking photographs for restaurants, and I was managing their feeds, um, so creating the content and publishing the content on an ongoing basis. That's when I realized that, that restaurants needed. They needed high quality content on a consistent basis. And I was in the unique position to be able to provide that for them. The interesting thing about this is that I wasn't just some dumb kid who was playing on his phone. Uh, I was in my mid thirties by now. I had known what the world was like before social media. And I understood what the world was like after social media. I was young enough to, to use all the, the apps and the platforms and to get into it. And I was old enough to, to not really care too much about it. Um, you know, I wasn't glued to my phone like a, like a lot of, uh, the generation behind me. Um, I also knew the landscape of the restaurant industry. Uh, I, again, I knew the critics and I knew the openings and I knew and I knew where restaurants fit in. All of that to say is that that's the unique perspective that I brought to my company that I could then bring to the clients. So why am I telling you all this? There are obviously a lot of other agencies out there in New York City that provide this service to other restaurants, right? There are PR companies that offer social media services. There are digital marketing agencies that offer social media services. There are other people like me, just just uh, you know, small agencies, one, two, or three people uh, that are offering the services that I offer. And so it was about identifying, as I was putting myself out there, it was about identifying uh, what made me unique. What what did I what did I bring to the table that the others didn't bring? And it was, I believe. Um, the unique creative skill set, right? My work as a photographer and a filmmaker and uh, my abilities to edit uh, photos and to edit video. Then it was also my contacts, my network uh, in the restaurant industry, um, all the time and the experience that I had in the restaurant industry. And all of that was in one big package. And that finally, that it was just me, that I was lean and mean, that I could stay nimble. It wasn't like a big agency that had a lot of different departments to coordinate. It was just me. If we wanted to change track, we just jumped the track. So when I was doing this exercise, you know, all these exercises really for myself, I thought about what I brought to the table and why might someone hire me? Might some of this be, be valuable? By being able to articulate all of that, I'm just help uh, just helping my uh, my clients or my prospective clients um, make a decision. Uh, it's just helping them decide whether I'm the right fit for them, and I don't have to be the right fit for them, um, which which is fine. There's more than enough to go around. That's my bio. It's like a two-page background of who I am, what I do, why I'm in business, and what I bring to the table. That is basically what I ask my clients to do. I ask them to talk about, you know, the founders and the chef and the restaurant and the neighborhood and the kind of cuisine and the, the design of the place and, and what a meal is like and what they're trying to do. And it, it takes like a half an hour. Really, it's no time at all. But I just want you to talk about your business in those terms of, of again, who are you? What do you do? Why are you in business? And what do you bring to the table? From there, we're going to start identifying specific stories, right? So again, like I said a few minutes ago, what are the stories only you can tell? We use that bio as a jumping off point to start identifying ways that we can start separating ourselves from the competition. 
So the second part of the assignment, and we'll get to it, but I'm going to ask you to write down 10 stories that only you can tell. For the purposes of this podcast, I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to use the restaurant Gramercy Tavern, uh, which I've talked about before. Uh, My wife and I love this restaurant. For years, we were regulars at the bar, and we do try to get back there at least like once a year, which I promise you is a challenge because we have a three-year-old at home, but we try. Um, So if you're not familiar with Gramercy Tavern, uh, I've included some links in the show notes. Uh, It's like their website and some links to reviews just so you can get a sense of the place because if you're not familiar with them at all, it might be helpful to get a to get a sense of it before I go through this before the rest of this conversation. So if you want now might be a good time to just pause and go take you know five minutes and 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 look those links up and then come on back. So if I were sitting down to do this exercise for Gramercy Tavern, these might be 10 stories that I come up with. Number one, the restaurant's owned by famed restaurateur Danny Meyer. He's the same guy who owns Union Square Cafe and Maialino and Manhattan and a little brand you might have heard of called Shake Shack. Uh, Number two, it's the restaurant that introduced the world to the cooking of Tom Colicchio. This is where Tom Colicchio really got his start. This is the restaurant that put him on the map. Tom is, of course, the show. uh, He's the host of the show Top Chef on Bravo. He's also the chef and owner of his own restaurant now called Kraft, and he's got a bunch of other uh, brands within his restaurant group, which is ironically, uh, Kraft is right around the corner from Gramercy Tavern. Um, But that's where Tom got his start. So that's, that's an interesting story. That's a story that only... Gramercy can tell. Number three, in 2008, they won the James Beard Award for Outstanding Restaurant. That's certainly a story only they can tell. Nobody else won that year. Uh, Number four, they are the only restaurant that's ever called 42 East 20th Street home. They completely renovated the space uh, from an old warehouse uh, that was like 25 years ago. Number five, their current chef is a guy named Michael Anthony, who is also a James Beard Award winner. Number six, the restaurant is home to an original Stephen Hannock painting, uh, which was given to the the restaurant as an opening gift. Uh, so Stephen Hannock is a world-renowned artist. Uh, his his paintings hang uh, in some of the best museums all over the world, including the Met. He is uh, he's extraordinary. Uh, but right when you walk in, there's a there's an original Stephen Hannock. Um, it's the it's an original. This is the only place you can see it. Uh, number seven, the uh, the decor in the place is really unusual. It's really unique. It's this neo-colonial style. It's meant to evoke a mix of comfort and elegance. It's very um, uh, it's it's very unique, especially for a, a fine dining restaurant in New York. It's not slick and sleek and modern. It's 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 very old world. Uh, number eight, they have two separate dining rooms. Up front, there's a more casual tavern uh, with a very inexpensive a la carte menu. Uh, And then in the back is the formal dining room where they serve only uh, a prefix uh, and a tasting menu, which is more expensive. Uh, That's unique. That's a unique story that they have two different concepts under one roof. Um, Number nine, um, I always like to point out that it's one of the few restaurants of its caliber in New York City that doesn't allow tipping. It's totally tip free. Uh, So everyone in the restaurant is either on salary or gets paid an hourly wage. Um, This is very rare in the United States, so it's worth pointing out. And then finally, number 10, they offer this cool soup and sandwich special in the front room that changes daily. Uh, it's a way um, it's a way to, to have accessible luxury, which I think is really uh, rare, especially for fine dining restaurants in New York City. So those are the 10 stories, or those are, those are 10 stories that only Gramercy Tavern can tell. Uh, this becomes uh, the beginning of the real work. Uh, just by identifying these stories, uh, the stories that only we can tell— um, 
we are by default separating ourselves from everyone else in the category. So the com Gramercy Tavern's competitors are restaurants like Kraft and Gotham Bar and Grill and The Modern and Del Posto and Morea and I Fiori. So there are a variety of restaurants that all have their own unique stories, but this is how Gramercy Tavern can separate themselves from those. So as I said before, this week's assignment is going to be in two parts. The first part is that I want you to sit down and write me that two or three page bio all about your business. This includes the founders, the owners, investors, the chef, the location, the cuisine, the staff, the decor. Tell me all about it. Tell me what it is you do, what it is you set out to do, why you exist. Then after you've done that for the second part, you're going to come up with 10 statements. 10 different stories that only you can tell. You're going to do it just like I did for Gramercy Tavern. And no, it doesn't matter if you're just a salad bar and a crappy shopping center outside the Bed Bath & Beyond. It doesn't matter if you've never been reviewed or you don't have some big famous chef. I don't care about any of that. But I want you to identify 10 unique stories because I promise you have them. You just have to figure out what they are. For example, you're the only salad bar outside Bed Bath & Beyond. That's a story worth telling. Or maybe this is the first restaurant you've ever opened. Whatever it is, don't edit. In fact, I bet you could write down like 40 or 50 if you thought about it. So certainly don't limit yourself. Uh, go crazy. If you get to 20 or 30, that's fine. Because then at the end, you're going to find the best 10, the ones that are really compelling. So if, you, if you've got more, um, that's a good thing to work with. Right? These stories, um, they just become the foundation for everything else we do when it comes to marketing your business. I'm not exaggerating. This is probably the most important exercise you're going to do because next time we're going to take these stories and start figuring out ways to use them, right? We're going to, we're going to identify the best ones to use and the best ways to put them into practice to start, to start, um, getting your stuff out there. So one last aside, and, and that is, I want you to get in the habit of ignoring quality. This is really important when we start talking about, um, competitors and differentiation. Uh, and that's because quality is subjective. If you say Gramercy Tavern serves the best food in all of Manhattan, obviously some people are going to disagree with you. But if you say we serve the award-winning cooking of Chef Michael Anthony, no one can argue. Better and best are limiting because they only slide up and down on one axis. The best is all the way on one side, the worst is all the way on the other, with lots of shades of gray in the middle, and you're going to get caught up in shades of gray. Better to start separating yourself using more specifics and more unique details about your product. As always, I want to thank you for tuning in. This, again, is the fourth of five episodes where we're talking all about the five marketing pillars. Number one was identity. We're figuring out what's your product. Number two is audience, figuring out who's it for. Number three was competition, figuring out what other businesses out there are serving your audience. Number four, today we talked all about differentiation, which is, which is about separating yourselves from uh, the competition. And number five, next time we're going to talk all about opportunities. That's when we take all of this and we put it into practice. Uh, if you've been following along, you'll know that at the end of each episode, we do continuing education. So for this week, I want to recommend an episode of How I Built This with Guy Raz. Um, in this episode, he sits down with Jennifer Hyman to discuss the launch of, uh, of her business, Rent the Runway. Um, I just think it's particularly interesting when we talk about differentiation because she and her partners literally created a market that didn't exist and in doing so served uh, an audience 
uh, that that didn't realize that they weren't being served, um, and she's uh, she's obviously uh, made a lot of money doing it. Um, it's totally worthwhile. You're going to find the link to that in the show notes. Um, as always, I want to thank you for tuning in. My name is Chip Close, and this is Restaurant Strategy. 